0: Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.
1: It is Thursday, September 8th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. Oh, I see what you're doing on this Thursday with that number nine of the Super Bowl champions.
0: That's right. NFL season starts today. I haven't focused on that one bit. I've been uh, entrenched in the baseball season. But tonight, rest assured, all eyes will be on the Rams-Bills game. Some are Mm building this up to be, you know, one of the bigger games of the season already.
1: So it could be the first game, and it could be the last game, if you know Ooh, what I mean. Yeah, that'd
0: be something, huh? Um,
1: did you did you text Matthew Stafford or no? Did you let him be? Did you wish him luck on the season, anything?
0: A couple days ago, but I know now it's just I let these guys be, man. I don't want anybody yeah. bothering them. I didn't like to be bothered when I played, so I, I get it, man. Okay.
1: Um, I would like to bother the one fan in San Diego for one of the three home run balls that he caught over the last two games. I don't think I've ever seen this. This is, uh, and dude stood out too. He is, he is strong man.
0: He's strong man. (laughs) That's a good way to put it.
1: He is strong man. What it like, if you're that dude, do you run to Vegas? What do you do? I would get out of that guy's way.
0: My gosh, he's like a boulder out there
1: big dude and he's wearing the glove you know you talked about always bringing your glove do you think he held on to all three balls or do you think that he gave one away or what do you think
0: it's interesting i'm looking around his area and and um the stands there doesn't seem to be a lot of kids there so i don't know if he like he brought it home for his kids or what he did with them but that's uh i'm with you chris let's go ride with this guy to vegas me you him vegas craps table who knows what could happen
1: Oh, gosh. A lot of winning. I smell it. I, I never smell win. It. Speak-
0: I never win. I Vegas. know. That's why they keep Ever. building
1: those tall buildings, those those pretty hotels out there, because nobody wins. You know who does win? The New York Yankees when they play the Minnesota Twins. Every freaking day. They swept the doubleheader yesterday. Aaron Judge connected for home run number 55 on the season. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa hit a grand slam. Gary Cole struck out a season-high 14. New York continues its dominance over the, over the last two decades against the Twins, including the postseason. The Yankees and Twins since '02 have played 153 games. The Yankees have won 114 of them. Is there such thing as a curse here? Is it just happenstance? What is this? So you played in the series.
0: I always said there's no such thing as a curse. No one gives a shit about this. The teams turn over year after year. So how could it matter to anybody? But the numbers are what they are, Chris. Joe's McFly was throwing out tweets last night saying, I love the twins. They're always there when we need them. And it really does feel that way. It feels like when the twins come to town for the Yankees, they're going to get them right. Whether it's kind of for Leffa, you know, hitting with the bases loaded like he has done all season, hitting the Grand Slam or Garrett Cole, ha- Cole having a career high in strikeouts. I mean, or getting Oswaldo uh, Cabrera back on track. He was like 0 for 25 and he has the game winning hit. I mean, everything happens well for the Yankees when they play the Twins and it's tough. A lot of people in Minnesota point back to the 2009 uh, ALDS when Phil Cuzzi botched the Maurer call down mm-hmm. the line. They talk about that. Um, I always liked playing the Yankees, not because they're the Yankees and the pinstripes on stuff, but we played them a lot in the minor leagues coming up. So, like, I was very familiar with the way the organization liked to pitch. I was familiar with the pitchers. I never had a problem playing the Yankees. I was never afraid of the Yankees. But you're right, Chris, I was part of it, and we got our butts kicked all the time. So I started thinking more and more, what's the problem? And I think I figured it out. What? What? When's the last time the twins had a true ace on their staff? Let me see what you think. Yep. Johan Santana. It's Johan Santana. And I asked a couple of my twins buddies what they thought as well. Johan Santana. That's crazy to me. Like, that's that's how things like this happen. Like, And that's why the twins have kind of been, for lack of a better term, mid for a long time. Because – you have to have starting pitching in this game and we just haven't had it in minnesota what since the early Yo, 2000s
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy I, I guess, but that, that that even that doesn't explain the disparity it just doesn't i i can't figure this one out for the life of me it's like we always we laugh about it you know, when they play in the regular season, we're like, aha, it's the Twins-Yankees series again. And then the Twins are kind of interesting. And there have been some really good Twins teams in recent years. Didn't they have one that won 100 games a couple of years ago? And they still couldn't freaking beat the Yankees. Like, it just, there's zero sense. I could throw whatever numbers I want at you. Uh, they even walked Judge four times in the doubleheader, three intentionally. They obviously, Rocco Baldelli was listening to this show. And... It still didn't work.
0: It didn't matter. So
1: there's (laughs) there's zero explanation. I, it's funny because as a fan, you sit there and you're like, yeah, we've got a shot. We've, I can't imagine. The only thing I can equate it to the Browns lost the first 17 games they ever played at old three rivers stadium against the Steelers. I think from 1969 until 1986, they lost every game there. And so as I was growing up, I knew we weren't going to win. Then we finally won. I was like, This is weird. I don't know what we can do, Chris. I I
0: honestly, again, like it's different players year after year. This isn't the same roster just getting beat down, but same result.
1: Sonny Gray and Nestor Cortez tonight in the boogie down as the Yankees go for the four-game sweep. Uh, Cards, huge win for them last night, even though they're waltzing now to the NL Central crown, but I thought this was really a good effort for them. Down 5-1 to going in the ninth. They put up a five-spot. Uh, Tommy Edmund ends up winning it all walk off double is St. Louis the team that has the best chance to be this year's Braves and I'm not talking about a team that wins it all I'm talking about a team that when we go into the playoffs is kind of at the back of the pack out of the dozen playoff teams we're going to have but all of a sudden they hit the gas and they go I, I think they've
0: already surpassed that. They're not back of the pack of the playoff teams. I mean, they are five and five and a half games back of the Mets and the Braves for second, uh, the second seed in the NL. After the game right. yesterday, that's all the people Aaron uh, Otto wanted to talk about, Edmund wanted to talk about. They're like, nine and a half games up on the division, we don't even care about that anymore. Sure, we want to win that, but we're focused on that two seed. They want that bye. They want to be able to set up that pitching. So I think they've already surpassed that, Chris, you know, and they were sitting in at the end of July, 54 and 48, three games back of the brew crew. And now they are nine and a half games up it's 81 and 56. They just, they just ran off to inc- or an incredible August. They started off September incredibly hot. We've talked about how complete this team is, you know, and like, they're just, they're hitting their stride right now. So I guess you can compare them to the Braves as far as like, Hey, like, they were just average the first part of the season. And then later uh, in the season, they took off. So I guess you can say that about them, but I don't think they're going to wa- uh, walk into the playoffs like a team that nobody's really looking towards uh, no, a world series. Like they're, they're ready to go.
1: I I agree to, to, from one standpoint, you look at like, and you say, well, where's their weakness right now? And they don't have a ton of them. Maybe they don't have that bona fide a guy that can go against a Jacob DeGrom a Max Freed. They've got really, really good starting pitching. And I thought the two trades they made for the left-handers in Quintana and Montgomery have, I mean, those have been as big as any moves at the deadline. But if you still have a, a draft for National League teams to represent that league into the World Series, they're going fourth. Sure. And that's what I'm talking about. It was the same thing with the Braves. Like we knew they were hot the last six weeks of the season a year ago. But we, a lot of people even picked the Brewers to take care of them in the divisional round, right, last year?
0: Well, because we were talking about the bullpen was just so bad right. for them down the stretch, and we are wondering how they're going to get past that in the playoffs, and obviously we know what happened. They went lights out. The night shift showed up, baby. Yeah. But I don't know. The Cardinals, to me, I mean, the reason I think they're a little different and why they don't need to match up with a. With a Degrom, I think they have guys that can pitch fine against teams like that, but their offense is so good. I mean, they have a couple guys that just don't care who they face. Arenado and, and um, Goldschmidt, like those guys there don't care who they face, and that, that attitude permeates throughout the team. If you have these guys that are like, they don't give a shit who's on the mound, well, then neither do I. And that helps a lot when you have guys like that.
1: So last year, the Braves bullpen, you just talked about them. They were striking out everybody left and right. It felt like that is the one area the Cardinals have the second fewest strikeouts, I think, of any bullpen in baseball. So maybe that's a little bit of what scares me because you need swing and miss when you rely that much on the bullpen in the postseason, and inevitably every team does because the manager is like, "Oh my god, do I make the move? Do I not make the move?" So they got that, and just to put a period on last night's game, do you know the teams were a combined O and eight? 117 mm. this year when they trail by at least four runs going into the ninth. That's the first win this year we've had of that kind. And they had great
0: at bats the entire inning. And then Tommy Edmund, I thought he said something cool. He's like, you know, we were down runs. So we were being patient at the plate, taking a lot of first pitch strikes. Uh, They're pumping in fastballs. He goes, as soon as that tying run uh, got on base, He's like, I'm not taking a fastball. I'm not getting behind the count. Jumps on the first pitch, hits it over yeah. the left fielder's head, and they win the game. I mean, that's, that's the kind of baseball they're playing right now. Like, they're understanding the situation. And I don't necessarily love taking a strike late in the game. Like, in fact, as a player, I hated it. I thought it was the dumbest thing you could do. Uh, it looks great when it works, though. And that's kind of what happened last night. Patient, got runners on. You know, when you're in that position in the dugout, that's what you keep saying. Hey, get one guy on. See what happens. Yep. You got one guy on. They got another guy on. And then, bam, before you know it, the league is now one in 895 in those situations.
1: 817, but who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> um, Hey, do you know what time it is? I do. It's time do. <laughs> to get yourself a brand new watch, thanks to our friends at Vincero Collective. And today, not only do I don't want you to get the best looking watch in your entire neighborhood, I want you to save some cash as well. So you can go to vincerocollective.com. Use the code word today. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping site-wide. It is their exclusive offer they got going. Let me tell you a little bit about these watches. We got some fresh ones. Plouffe's wearing Mm. his. I'm wearing Mm. mine. Neither of us have been big watch guys over the years. But Michelle even said, why don't you wear a watch when we go out? You know, whether we're dressed up or not dressed up. Vincero Collective, they've got the perfect timepiece for you, okay? It looks great whether you're wearing a suit to a nice outing. Or you're just going out to dinner with the missus or that's somebody special in your life. They've got affordable watches. They've also got sunglasses, jewelry, and much more. There's three words that come to mind when we're talking about Vincero Collective. Stylish, quality, versatility. Those are things you need in your repertoire. And don't just take our word for it. They've got over 30,000 five-star reviews. They've been featured in Forbes, in Business Insider, in Newsweek, and oh, so much more. They've got different fans. They've got different faces. They've got different looks. So whatever style you want, Vincero Collective is there for you. Once again, that is VinceroCollective.com. You spell that V-I-N-C-E-R-O Collective.com. Use the code word today. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping site-wide. Go check it out today. You know what else I checked out last night? the sweet city connected uniforms that the Padres Ooh. were wearing. Some people don't like them. I like them. I dig them.
0: They've grown on uh, they me. Got They've n- grown.
1: Yeah. They they won a series against the Diamondbacks. Thanks in part to you, Darvish, who wasn't at his best last night, but good enough to get the W. Uh, recently, I don't know if you saw this, but in his previous start, he picked up his 3000th career professional strikeout between here in the States and over in Japan. Now it's been a decade since he first graced us with his presence in major league baseball came over with a ton of hype has he lived up to it
0: oh it's such a tough question for me to answer because you knew this one was going to be tough for me
1: but i think it's a good one it
0: is because i I remember when he came over i mean it was a big deal this was like a rock star coming over you know we had Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of other big debuts that I've seen. Like Bryce Harper's debut, I think it was in Los Angeles. He hits like a triple helmet flying off. That was cool. I remember watching that live. Strasburg against the Pirates at home was electric. Uh, but, then, but then Darvish comes over, and it just felt a little bit different. You know, he already established himself in Japan. You know, he's coming over. And, and, you know, a lot of times we like to think, you know, MLB is the greatest baseball product in the world. And it is. It's the best league there is. And I love when guys come over here from overseas and try to prove themselves at this level. I don't know if he's lived up to the hype because we hyped him up so much, Chris. I, I don't think that he necessarily has, but this guy's had an incredible career. You just mentioned 10 plus years in the show over here. And he's been remarkably like consistent. And I think that's really good. I don't know if, again, I don't know if he's lived up to the hype. I think he's made four all-star teams. Cy Young, uh, two twice in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he, This is what I'll say about you, Darvish. And this you can't say about a lot of pitchers in the big leagues. Every time he steps on the mound, he has a chance to throw a no-hitter. Like he has no-hit stuff. And I still believe that's true today. Like he has – he every time he goes up there, he just has – he can manipulate the baseball and and make it do certain things that not a lot of guys can do. Like he almost approaches pitching a little bit differently than um, a lot of these pitchers in the big leagues. So I guess to answer your question, I don't think he lived up to the hype, but I do believe he's been an incredible pitcher. I know he's a great teammate, a great person. He made me look silly once. And one of the, his best highlights is on one of his, um, curveballs. curve balls. Mm. I could have swung twice at it. I'm sure there's plenty of clips out there. If you want to go laugh <laughs> the at old me, cartoon. I love it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, Again, I hate saying that because I think he's had an incredible career, but I think we hyped him up so much that I don't know if he lived up to that expectation.
1: You know, I, I think he's had a good career. Yes. A very good career. I think the the sticking point is probably that world series in 2017 where now everybody knows that he, well, we believe he was tipping his pitches and all that sort of stuff. And the game seven start where he, what went two innings or whatever it was. And George Springer's taking him deep all over the place, all that sort of stuff. So I think that's what sticks in everybody's mind. And I don't know if that's fair. You know, obviously everything gets so magnified in October and particularly when it's game seven of a world series, but I think he's been really good. I think he's been entertaining. You know, he didn't come over. It was dice K that came over with the, uh, the gyro ball and like eight different pitches. But I do remember Darvish had like a bunch of different pitches um, and I talked to some guys in the Rangers organization, they loved him from the yes. first minute he got there. And then I think he met what year was it that he missed 2014 or 15? He had Tommy John, he missed an entire 2015.
0: Season. He missed the year,
1: okay? Yeah, but then he bounced back, he kind of like recreated himself a little bit with the Cubs, right? I thought he, you know, he was bad in the beginning, and then from the second half, like the last year and a half of his time there, he really kind of took off and reestablished himself in a new league and all that sort of stuff so i think he's been good
0: answer your question to bro to answer your question
1: i i think <laughs> i think he's been hype-ish i think he's been good enough in the hype category what does that even like i didn't mean, think Chris? he was gonna i didn't think he was gonna win three cy youngs he almost did he did for cy youngs i know he's competed as you said, he finished runner-up twice. Or as you like to say, Cy Young 2, too. <laughs> Cy
0: Young 2. Two. Five-time All-Star, by the way. I said four times. A five-time All-Star. Okay. I don't know if that the makes All-Star a difference. Stuff. but
1: No, it doesn't. Although with pitchers, I do, I take it in play a little bit more. Because sometimes you just don't know positional hey. strength from year to year when it comes to All-Star. Yes.
0: I don't have the numbers in front of me. But I don't think this is a stretch to say that he had a much better career than Dice K.
1: Yes, dude. I could not watch Dice K pitch. I couldn't long stand games. Him for, oh, <laughs> I could not watch him. I don't. I don't know him. So it's not like I can't say I couldn't watch him pitch because it took forever. You Darvish, let's go. Plus he's huge. He is an enormous. Yes.
0: Large man. Yeah, and good looking too. Like
1: I, I like you, Darvish a lot, dude, man. Do you remember when he? All right, like in the beginning of his career, there were some modeling that he I think had done in Japan where he was like maybe in just his underwear or something and that made its way over to the states love that, a- love that.
0: Why, why is everyone afraid to model in their underwear you know it's just a it's just your body hey
1: I'm I'm with you if I if I had a decent body working like I it was funny you know we're getting ready for the, the NFL season I told Brady yesterday as I saw a picture of Miles Garrett I said if I, if I had Miles Garrett's body I would never wear a shirt I just wouldn't with- <laughs> Wouldn't care. Hey, who's, eight degrees out.
0: Who's the best Japanese pitcher to, to come over?
1: You could say Nomo. Um, Nomo threw two no hitters, including one at Coors Field. Like he was freaking nasty, dude.
0: I I used to love going to watch him pitch at Dodger Stadium.
1: Yeah. So okay. Nomo, um, and Darvish is probably. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say no Darvish league. is up there, right? You know who's yeah, she, making it yeah, this way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh Darvish eclipsed Nomo in war already. Um did he by almost 10. How long did Nomo pitch for? Quite a bit, didn't he? Yeah,
1: he yeah, he Twelve was really years. Good. I enjoyed watching him him pitch. His uh I think Darvish is I think it's
0: different. Darvish. It's Darvish.
1: I mean, you can make an argument for it. It's not nobody's gonna be like Who are we really? forgetting?
0: Who are we forgetting? There's nobody, right?
1: No, um who was the uh the closer Tanaka, up in of course,
0: Dan's here,
1: yeah, Tanaka's been he was great he Iwakuma? Was really no um closer up in Seattle uh oh, faced him.
0: I'm trying to think it what his name is too,
1: yeah, Dan, you can help us out with that. It was like twenty years ago he was a good pitcher, all right, um let's do this we we've been so hyper-focused on the races as we should be and the judge versus Otani and the judge versus home run race and Paul Goldschmidt and the triple crown. And all those topics will be talked about over the last three and a half weeks of the season. But there are some guys that have had outstanding performances on teams that have haven't been great. So right, right now let's throw a little shine on somebody out there that's on a losing team that we haven't spent a lot of time on. I don't want to talk about trout. I don't want to talk about Otani. We talk about those guys. (laughs) Give me a name that we probably haven't even mentioned on this show more than twice all year.
0: I was going to say, I think we've mentioned this name on the show before. Um, I'm familiar with this guy. It's probably why I went with him. He also is having a really good year and I think he's picked it up the last two years and established himself as one of the better power hitting People in the big leagues. I'm going with CJ Crone. Okay, good. Okay, I, like I thought you were looking at me like you picked the same person. Okay, no, CJ I CJ that would have been amazing, by the way. It would have if we been
1: picked the same player on a shitty team. Okay,
0: CJ Crone clearly on the Rockies. They stink. Here's the thing about CJ Crone and about ballplayers. We love 30 and 100 as a hitter. That is still the benchmark: 30 homers and 100 RBIs. If you get there. Chris, you are feeling you're feeling saucy. Okay. That's very hard to do. And CJ has been close a couple different times. He has hit 30. In 2018, he hit 30, but only 74 RBI. Okay. And then last year, he hits 28 homers, 92 RBI with the with the Rockies. This year he's sitting at 26 homers with 90 RBI with about how many games left? 20 games left. So there's the possibility that he gets there, uh, he's got 800 OPS right now, uh, 905 last year, 894 the year before. I mean, this guy's establishing himself as one of the better power hitters that we don't talk about. And he's setting himself up for some big money too, which is cool. I don't know if he's going to get big long-term money, but he's earning no. big one-year deals for the foreseeable future if he keeps to bang like this. So CJ, keep going, brother. I love it.
1: I thought the Rockies missed out on a chance to trade him. I had him going to the Brewers and the whole Rose rotation trade fantasy show. I thought he would have been a perfect fit there. There's a lot of teams that could have used some right-handed pop down the stretch. that didn't end. I didn't know what the Rockies were doing it.
0: They can trade him this trade off season. Anyway, they got him next year locked up for seven two, five. So.
1: Yeah, it's very, that's very reasonable for a guy who can, who can muscle the ball? I, I, I thought he
0: was a free. Ball. I thought he was a free agent after this year, but he has one more year in Colorado, so he's not making the necessarily yeah. the big, big bucks uh, with no. this nope. performance. But he's setting himself up, man. Like this is a guy that teams are going to look to to fill needs and holes in their lineup for quite some time to come.
1: My guy um, gets overshadowed on his own team because one of his teammates hasn't given up a run in like a month. Okay. Zach Gallon's been great. We've talked about him. Meryl mm. Merrill Kelly is an mm. amazing story last two years you've been able to plug him right in that Diamondbacks rotation and this year he has been really really good ERA under three he's not a big strikeout guy like a little bit over seven per nine innings not a strikeout dude doesn't throw hard gets contact but you know what that's okay he's democratic you know he doesn't like to do it all on his own you mm-hmm. don't have to do it my way. We'll all we'll all spread the wealth here. So I, I'm happy for him. His war is in the fours. 33 years old. Didn't make his major league debut until he was 30. He spent four years discovering himself over in the KBO. I love those stories. I'm happy for him. I do him. too. Yeah. So Merrill Kelly, tip of the cap to you.
0: I almost went Zach Gallen, but I thought we kind of talked about him enough yeah, on I'm this show.
1: I, I also I love when guys
0: offer. okay. I like when guys go overseas and find something, come back. You know, Michaelis is another one that has yep. done that. Um, it's cool. So he does that, learns some new tricks, if you will, then comes over and Brent Strom all of a sudden is his pitching coach, and here we go. We have a career year. And I like that, man. I I didn't really want to give a starting pitcher any credit. You know that. So I'm glad you did.
1: Can we give an opening a first pitch some credit?
0: I haven't seen this yet, so I want to see it. Oh my
1: god. That's John Daly, 55 years old, wearing some freaking Cardinals shorts before the Nats cards game and just throwing a seat. He didn't didn't like take a breath. He just walked out of the mountain and fired it.
0: That's insane, Chris. He walked like you didn't even care at all. Like most people are very nervous about the first pitch. John Daly probably had a heater in his mouth when he threw that thing. I can't really see. he, no, might he didn't. Have. Oh, he no, didn't? Okay. He didn't,
1: unless it was hidden in his uh, Santa Claus beard. So, um, Daly apparently did play baseball in high school for a little while. I mean, you know, he's got what it. He throw it. What does that mean? A lot mean, of people play, play
0: baseball in high school and will be very nervous until that first pitch. Out. John Daly does not give a shit.
1: I'm just saying it's not the first time he's picked up a baseball. Because for okay. some people, okay. Timmy Trumpet, it was their first time picking up a baseball. That's all. Jerry
0: Seinfeld is blaming Timmy Trumpet for this little Mets collapse. No, stop! Come on, Jerry.
1: That's his act. By the way, I partied with John Daly one time. How was that? Yes.
0: Did you oh smoke a heater?
1: Um, yes, I might have. It was on a boat <laughs> at uh at in Miami Super Bowl forty one colts bears wow that was one of those trips that i was having so much fun i had to move my flight up i had to get out of there or i wasn't <laughs> it. but it was incredible i um i went to a party and there's bernie kosar like one of my childhood heroes brown's quarterback in the 80s and he's like chris what's going on I'm like hey bernie he's like come on let's come on the boat i was like okay so i get on the boat there's John Daly smoking heaters and hammered out of his gourd. I
0: was
1: like, I think I gotta stay for this one. <laughs> hey kids,
0: smoking heaters is not cool. Okay. It's just kind of funny cool. because John Daly is who John right. Daly
1: is. He's amazing. You know, he's gonna he's probably gonna live till he's like 95.
0: I um yeah, that was an impressive first pitch. I was expecting something a little bit different. Like maybe he got lucky with a strike. He hammered that
1: thing. He sure did. Is good. he a Cardinals
0: fan? Like what's, what's the deal with that?
1: Uh, you know, he's, I mean, he's from Arkansas. He went to school in Arkansas. So of course you would know I that. Why do you
0: know everything about sports, man? I love
1: it. Well, that's kind of what I've done for a living. Do you remember where he won the PGA championship in 1991? When he had to drive like 14 hours overnight as the fifth or sixth alternate. No. It's one of the most amazing golf stories ever. He won it in crooked state in Indiana. He, he drove overnight because he was an alternate for the PGA championship. Got the call, hopped in his car, drove up there. I think he borrowed the caddy and ended up freaking winning the thing, hitting the ball a gazillion miles. Everybody's like, this is the best thing ever in golf. So.
0: Good for him. Is he loaded? Him.
1: I don't think so. He's had a lot of trouble. A lot okay. of issues. Yeah. A lot of issues. All right. What do you have coming up on John Boy?
0: Uh, we have our all JM team that Jake and I and BBD picked. Uh, a lot of people are mad at us that we didn't mention or talk about big dumper Cal Raleigh of the Seattle Mariners. So there's some controversy there, but we picked some good players. And I think that, um, I think that people will enjoy our picks. So go check that out. And then tomorrow we will do the series recap of the games that have been this week. What about you?
1: Okay. Uh, speaking of the Seattle Mariners, Eric Swanson out of their bullpen joins me. Latest episode of the Rose Rotation is out. He's very funny. Dude lives in Fargo, North Dakota by choice in the off season. Um, we talk a lot about whether or not I could survive as an outdoorsman. That was kind of a funny discussion. You could. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Because you got got a lot of, uh,
0: yeah. And you got like, uh, some stuff stored up. You could live off of that for a while.
1: You think that's that's what they do.
0: That's what they do on these shows.
1: You were were happy with yourself on that one. (laughs) I want you to take it back and think about what you said and go sit in the corner. Hey, I posted you on IG last
0: night. We're, we're, we're going. I
1: saw that. That was sweet. That was a cute picture. It really was. It was heartwarming. It was. And I'm, I was very proud to have been the first one. I wasn't a a swipe right guy. I was right there front and center. That was sweet. Uh, We are back at it again on Friday for our amazing Producer, the one and only Dan Rourke, that is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today.
0: Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.